You're watching the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. going on.
What's up, Buck? And yo, yo, yo. Everybody's coming in, getting set up. Um, join in on the Zoom meeting. Um, the link is in the uh, live application. Everybody's coming in, getting set up. Um, join in on the Zoom meeting. Um, the link is in the uh, live application. to um, 
get off in the word. Um, it's, it's definitely a good time to be studying, a good time to be digging deeper than you have before. Uh, some of you have questions about stuff that um, you may not even um, have been able to answer before, but with having time to study and really get involved um, deeper in your prayer time, your study time, man, you can really grow. Um, so as we're waiting, waiting for people to come on in. Uh, we're going to get down to business with this study. Very, um, very fundamental study, but actually it's a, one of those things that not a lot of people, um, not a lot of people have actually studied. So, so yeah, um, see, so you got OPL joining in. Make sure you get your, your mic up and going so you can be able to ask questions and things of that nature. Um, Steve's at work, so um, he's going to pop in a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, man, come on in. Come on, come on in. How you doing, OPL? Good. Good, good. I'm trying to get some folks to jump on in <clears throat> so we can get started. So we wanted to start at 12. Um, I don't want to keep them too long. I want to keep y'all too long. Zoom. Um, that way um, you can interact um, with the uh, Facebook Live. I want to go live with the teaching, but do want you to click in on the Zoom so you can interact. Um, everybody that's logging on. Bible. 
And so that's what we want to do. We want to go to scripture and talk about <clears throat> uh, a lot of these things and how the apostles and elders, uh, they solved that debate. So we don't have to debate about who's who and what, and we can just go to scripture and show people that in the Bible, a lot of this stuff was solved and we don't have to keep arguing over it. We can just take people to scripture. Um, what's up? Uh, who's that, Buck? And uh, Willie, what's going on, y'all? Yo, yo, what's up with it? Yeah, welcome. Amen. Welcome. We're going to try to get, we're going to try to dig in here. I'm going to let a few more people pop in because I want them to be able to really uh, get into the subject matter. There he is. Buckshot B. Willie G. Berry. I'm on here with some famous dudes, man. Oh, stop it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm on here with some famous dudes, man. Um, so everybody's coming in. I'm going to give a few more minutes for folks to come in. How y'all doing, man? Doing all right, man. Taking it day by day. Uh -huh. I, love the, I love the background. <laughs> I love the background. Yeah. Amen, amen. In the body as well as the spiritual side. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How's it going with you, Willie? You out there uh, getting some of that Uber, DoorDash in there? You working hard? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, actually, I'm about to uh, I'm about to start here in another hour. I just want to get this writing session in, get back on my pen game, so it's sharp. I'm about to go back out in another hour, hour and a half, and okay. um, yeah, get in there like swimwear, man. Okay, okay, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna dive into this study, man. Um, you know, um, man, I put together a nice study. Um, so many people. <clears throat> when I got you, you guys on here. And those that might, you know, tune in on Facebook. Um, how many, uh, how many of you guys between you two have you ever heard of the council, the council of Nicaea? Oh yeah, so many misinterpretations of that thing, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but have you ever heard of the council of Jerusalem? That's new to me. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be new to a lot of people uh, because people jump to the Council of Nicaea, but they never talk about the Council in Jerusalem. And what that means to us as believers, the Council in Jerusalem is more important than the Council at Nicaea will ever be because the Council at Jerusalem um, is the one that really set up the table for the New Testament. Everything in the New Testament that was written was influenced or impacted by the Council of Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15. Hmm. So we, we, we can ready to dive into this thing. And so uh, I'm going to tee it up. If you got your Bible with you, go to Acts chapter 15. I'm going to break it up into sections and try to walk through it because I want you to understand that it was the Council of Jerusalem that gave us um, justification, um, that gave us the doctrine of grace, the doctrine of faith, um, all the stuff that we believe today 
that is normal. It actually was hashed out at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15. So this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a deep study. Okay. Okay. We gotta get our scuba gear on real quick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, Acts chapter 15 is where we're going to be. Um, we are going to uh, take a look. at the reasons why this council was put together. So you go to Acts chapter 15, and we look at verses uh, five and six. Reason for the council was to discuss the requirements of the non-Jewish believers that were turning to Christ. Um, what's interesting is that people are still debating and arguing over these things today as if it hasn't already been discussed. And so Acts chapter uh, 15, verses five and six, it says, uh, but some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Verse six, now the apostles and the elders came together to consider this matter. Um, it's already deep right there, you know, is that they actually came together to talk about this in the Bible. They didn't wait till after the Bible. They didn't wait till um, 330 BC or AD. They talked about this and they discussed this in the scripture. Um, have you guys ever read this before? I have, but I swear I, I didn't even think like, wow, okay, this is a legitimate historical uh, piece of document. Right. Just like if I was to dig it up or archaeologist was to dig up something, the Black Sea Scrolls, like this is legit. I just read it as just a page out of the Bible. I didn't even think like this is a legit, uh, legit, kind of like a court appearance. Yes, no. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree, man. Um, I mean, just on my end, I knew it was something that was significant but I didn't realize the significance of how, how much change really happened as a result to this. You know what I mean? Like, uh, wow, that's good. Um, out of you two guys, since y'all are on here interacting with me, um, uh, what's a Pharisee? Do y'all know what a Pharisee is? In the biblical context, I guess in that time period, Pharisee was, he was like a, one of the best religious icons that you could find, you know, that's following the law and following it to the T. Right. Yeah, um, definitely. Again, I definitely agree. Um, just in addition to that is somebody that's very, very well educated in the, um, I guess you would say the Torah at that time. So right. they're very well versed, highly intelligent. I mean, the common people didn't really have the knowledge of the Torah that they did. So they'll go around teaching the people um, the, the scriptures at that time. So. Right, and so they were strict, strict adherent to the law. That's why they say in this particular passage that it was the Pharisees that rose up and said, look, these, 
uh, non-Jewish believers that are coming to faith in Christ, they need to be circumcised and they need to be commanded to keep the law of Moses. And so the apostles had to sit down with the elders and let's discuss this matter. Let's figure this out. And this is important because like Buck, like you said, this is a, a important historical event that happened within the pages of scripture. This is not something that happened after scripture. This didn't happen, you know, uh, in, 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 in Rome or the Catholic church didn't do this or the Protestant church didn't do this. The apostles and the elders that were alive at that time sat down and debated this and discussed this. And so the first person to get up and testify, believe it or not, is the Apostle Peter. And so let's uh, take a look at the Apostle Peter's testimony. All right, here's what it says. This is Acts chapter 15, verses 7 through 11. And when, he had, uh, when, when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, he said, uh, men and brethren, you know that a good time ago, God chose among us that by my mouth, the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did us, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the necks of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Now, bros, <laughs> this verse, this testimony is impactful. Um, while, while you guys were listening to that and reading that, what were some of the things that jumped out at you right away? Um, I'll go ahead and, and start off. What, what messed me up is the fact that this is the same guy in previous scripture that was talking about how, oh, I don't want to eat anything that's unclean. He had this vision of, of and he had this preconceived notion, this expectation that only the Jews only the Jews can receive salvation and faith with Jesus Christ. And for him to personally experience back in Acts chapter 10 about the experience with Cornelius that he had, how the Holy Spirit just fell on him. So he's the one that's like, you know what? I'm going to just go up and say that they too have been purified by faith. So there's no respect of a person between the Jew or the Gentile. So uh, that that is hearing him say this because out of everybody, he's the one that knows with confidence with his own experience what uh, God did with the Gentiles. So yeah, and I'm gonna say verse nine stood out to me, five and nine, <laughs> because the Pharisees are like, hey, they need to be circumcised. You know, we uphold the law of Moses. What are you doing? And in verse nine, Peter sits there and says, God made no distinction between us and them. And I just attacked the root of the problem there. And I'm like, wow, okay. And in verse eight, it says, you know, God who knows the heart, like uh, giving them the Holy Spirit, you know, it, it testified uh, to the Pharisees. So God was sending out a message by doing the work of the Gentiles 
that the Pharisees should have received. You know? Like, dang, I, I read this a thousand times. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at it like, oh. for real, man. <laughs> right. I had discussions with people and I brought them to this passage and they were like, that's what this is about? I thought this was just a story in the Bible. I just thought, you know, yeah, it's the book of Acts and this, that, and the other, but they don't realize that this council, like you said uh, earlier, one of you guys said, was like a legal, a legal proceeding. At this particular council, the decisions that were going to be made were going to impact Christianity and the New Testament specifically um, from this point forward. Everything was getting ready to change based upon what they came uh, with the conclusions that they came to at this particular council. And so, and I like what you said about, you know, God knows the heart. A lot of people use that as a reason to like sin, like, oh, well, God knows my heart. So you can't judge. Yeah. But what, what Peter is saying here is that when he met with Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, they were hungry for the gospel and they were hungry for the for the Lord that Peter, all he had to do was speak to them and the Holy Spirit came down on them. They didn't know anything about the law. They didn't know anything about circumcision. They were blessed just by having their hearts open to bow their knee to what uh, it was that uh, Peter was preaching. They believed it. And the Bible says they received the Holy Spirit while he was talking. And so that's a powerful um, moment where God approves of these people being saved. And it was that dream that Peter had that actually brought him to this conclusion that what God says is clean, let no man say it's unclean. And so this was an important event for Peter in order for him to be here at this particular council and stand up and testify. Hold on, hold on now. Are you <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just pulled, I just pulled something. It's talking about Acts 10 because it seems like it's our responsibility to have our hearts ready so that when the word comes, it can, it can, uh, to, uh, you know, the seed could be planted. Yeah. Because it, for the longest, I thought, all right, if I'm desiring sin, if I'm going the broad way, I'm gonna wait for God to kind of influence me and, and kind of change me to to desire Him. But it seems like right place, right time. Their hearts were just ready to receive. You know what I mean? So it seems like it's our responsibility to to keep our our heart from becoming hard and and rebellious. Is that is that accurate assessment? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus would agree with you. Um, in the parable of, of the seed and the sower, he talked about the different soils, right? And the different hearts. And so you're right on the money is that there are some that, you know, um, they didn't even receive it, you know, because the enemy stole it before it got in because their heart wasn't prepared to receive it. Some, the cares of this life, you know, some were distracted by other things, but the ones that produced their heart was open and ready to receive what was being said. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so your heart has to be open and humble to receive what was being said. And all he did was share the gospel with them and the spirit of God fell on them at that particular time. I think this is just so exciting because it does put the responsibility on us to be ready to receive what God is saying. 
God wants to do some amazing things, but are there people ready to hear what mm. he Oh, this is messing me up, man. It keeps on going back to Acts chapter 10. I think about how Cornelius started it off. He yep. went into fasting. He went into praying. He, he fasted for four days. And then the, the, the Holy Spirit, I think he sent an angel, but I know it was God speaking to Cornelius saying, look, I heard your prayers. I hear your, it's a memorial. It's a, it's a sweet smelling fragrance to me. So what I'm going to do is give you instructions on how you can get closer to me. And he sent his officers to go get people. Like, just this whole story is messing me up. Uh, uh, and especially how, how uh, Buckshot, how you brought that out about how we have to have our heart in the right place. But it just goes back to just real intimacy with the father that Cornelius was seeking after. This, this thing is messing me up, man. Yeah, likewise, bro. That's, I, I felt like I knew this, but it confused me for years. And I'm like, how. Is it really our fault if we go to hell or is it God's? <laughs> I'm like, it's our fault, but I noticed in life when God's throwing out messages, people, and hints to me, if I don't, if I don't be obedient in a certain amount of time, he'll just be like, okay, I'm gonna cut it off. And I'm like, God, where's you know, where's the general revelation? Where's the what happened to the word of knowledge? I thought you're supposed to keep coming after me. But it's like he knew that I was purposely being rebellious, yeah. you know, by not being obedient. So that's kind of a relief for me because I'm like, okay, I actually have to put in work to keep the toil of the ground in my heart to make sure I'm not being deceived and being caught up in certain things. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's actually a team thing, but it's, it's, it's deep for me right now. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. That's what we want to hear, man. We want to be digging deep. All right, let's listen to Barnabas and Paul as they testify. And so in verse 12, uh, then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. Um, I put some reference scriptures down there, Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 30, and then Acts uh, uh, chapter 14, verses 8 through 28, that during Paul's uh, missionary journeys, he went to a lot of Gentile places. He went to a lot of Greek-speaking places, and in that place, God was showing up. He was just showing up and showing out. And he's basically saying that I'm going along with what Peter said, that if God is doing these things and touching these people and touching their lives, then God is approving of the message that we're preaching. And so uh, we don't want to make this thing harder than what it really is. If God is already doing the work, why do we want to all of a sudden set this other standard that God wasn't requiring of these people? Hmm. Yoke, okay. So Amen. the requirement, the law was like the yoke, put it yep. around the necks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're testifying of all the things that happened, and I want to look at just one of them in particular um, in Acts chapter fourteen, verse eight. Um, it says, uh, in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting. 
and a crippled, he was crippled from his mother's womb and who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. <laughs> and when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying, uh, Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. <laughs> what I want to out there is that Paul is preaching and he can see that this man has the faith to be healed. It goes back to what you were saying, Buck, is that when we're hearing the word, are we really believing what's being said? Because if we're believing what's being said, then what's being said can then be applied to our life. Mm. Amen. I'm telling you, man, this thing is deep. Mm. I, and I and I apologize because I swear it was a. I don't want to say church's fault for making me believe that, but it's. I guess my eyes are just open now because it's like that. The the name it claim it. I'm like nah. We we gotta we take a little more responsibility for this. I don't want to be fooled, Arminius or Calvinist with it, but. <laughs> There's a middle ground with this, like it's because this man had to be because Paul observed him, like, and this guy was lame, but somehow the Lord was just giving him joy, and it was the right time, right place. Like, God ended up coming through for this man. This is wild, <laughs> definitely wild. Wow, you got a comment on that? Are you good? Who's that, April on here? How you doing, April? I am good. I'm good. Uh, just got off of a team meeting. So I was like, let me hurry up and get on my Bible study. So we're working our way through it. You probably have to go back on Facebook to catch up with the earlier part of it, but we're trying That's to perfectly fine. this thing. Kayla said, hi, everybody. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> chicken nuggets. <laughs> she okay. said chicken nuggets, Willie, chicken nuggets. <laughs> yes. So Paul and Barnabas testified. Um, let's look at the Apostle James delivers his verdict. So let's go back to Acts chapter 15, verses 13 through 20. Um, one of y'all fellas want to read that? Got you. You got it, Willie? I got you, bro, bro. All right. Uh, verse 13 says, and uh, after they had become silent, James answered saying, men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, after this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will, rebuke, I will rebuild his, its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, and who does all these things. My God. Let me keep reading. Yeah, go down the verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God. 
but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled, uh, strangled and from blood. Okay. This right here is critical because James, you know, being the leader, everybody focused on Peter as being the leader. Peter was like the spokesperson, you know, but James actually was the leader of the apostles at Jerusalem. And so James here makes his verdict. And so his verdict is that there should only be four things that these Gentiles who are turning to God should have to worry about. And he said they should um, abstain from things polluted by idols. That means meat or food that has been offered up to idols from sexual immorality. That means adultery, fornication, all those things from things strangled and from blood. And so most of these things we don't even have to worry about today, but in their time, it was very prominent. Now, what's interesting here is that when he made this verdict, he cited an Old Testament passage in Amos chapter 11, I mean, Amos chapter nine, verses 11 and 12. That's where verses 16 and 17 come from. He basically quoted it is exactly as it was in Amos chapter nine, verses 11 and 12. So write that down in your notes and you know, check that out. What I wanna focus on right here is the things that he said that they need to do, but the things that he, that are absent from what he's asking them to do. Here's the crazy thing. The whole debate is, should they be circumcised and should they have to keep the law of Moses? Based upon James's verdict here, what's the answer to that question? Hmm. That got me there, sir. <laughs> I, well, actually, they have a choice to either be circumcised or not. And I kind of pull that from uh, verse 19, uh, because he says, in my judgment, you should not cause difficulty for those among the Gentiles to turn to God, because you have to exercise your faith, faith, you know, faith and works. So uh, I think he's just starting them off small. Here's some simple commands and ways to honor God, uh, because really a Sabbath day could be on any day not just this day now. Uh, they have freedom to worship. They can choose um, any way to honor God in, in their, their faith. Um, instead of there having to be a law to be made right, um, you're already made right, so now um, just do what you can to kind of honor God. That's, that's what I'm kind of getting from. Okay, uh, I mean, I'm not, you're, you're not wrong. There is this opening here that they're only requiring, right, these few little things. But they're not requiring them to keep the law of Moses or to be circumcised. So if that person wants to keep the law of Moses, of course they can. But they have to know that this is not going to produce their salvation. This is just them doing it. Number two, if they want to be circumcised, which is a mood point in today's society, because 
98% of people are circumcised from the moment they come out of the hospital, they're already done. So it doesn't really apply to us, but for them, it was important because the Gentiles didn't have that tradition. That was a specifically Jewish tradition. And so there is this idea, he says, based on my judgment, that we don't want to trouble them with all this other stuff. Like, like Peter was saying, we don't want to put this yoke on their neck that we nor our forefathers could even bear. Ah. Yeah, somebody can twist that up. And... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, man, what you gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to figure out how to even articulate what I'm going to say, man. It's just you know, this debunks so many lies, so many heresies that 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 we're hearing nowadays because I'm hearing people saying, No, we need to keep the law of Moses and, and enforcing it in a way that you know they belittle you or make you feel like inferior or or even silly if you don't do it but i mean it's so clear right here and this is what we call a significant discovery this is a breakthrough for me because you know th this really is really ministering to me and showing me that this was already talked about in the scriptures already it's it's already been established it's already the foundation has already been laid beforehand and they already came to a final verdict and this is what we ought to do um, the only question I would have now is, uh, you know, as far as in verse 20, to abstain from things polluted by idols and sexual immorality, from things strangled and from blood. Um, of course, you know, we're saved by faith and obedience to Jesus Christ is led by the Holy Spirit. So you said most of these things don't apply now or what does that actually look like now? You know? We don't strangle our food, so... Um... I don't, you know, we don't eat food that's, you know, offered to idols. Um, sexual immorality stands um, when he says from blood. Um, I believe that that traces all the way back to the Nazarite vow, where during the Nazarite vow, they couldn't be around anybody who um, who, who was bleeding. Um, so in this case, if this if this stands today, you can't be around that sister in Christ that might be on that time. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to touch uh, any of those things um, because all these things were focused on Gentile practices that they were doing. And so they were doing sacrifices. They were doing rituals with blood. They were strangling things um, and they were eating foods that were offered to idols. And that's why I say we don't actually live in a world where these things are happening to us. If they are happening, we should be staying away from them. But mm -hmm. in your daily life, you're not going to come across food that's been offered to idols. You're not going to come across um, things that are strangled. Um, and you're not going to be just walking around with, you know, coming across blood. Amen. So actually, the abuse of animals is actually a sin. I would say so, yes. Uh, I, I would say so, yes. Yeah, I, I mean that as far as like 
not just beating a dog, but like if I want to slaughter my cow, it'd be better to just shoot it or put it down instead of like I'm gonna hang the cow. And oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> armor. And like you said, you got to go, you know, slaughter your cow. You know, I think this even I was talking to somebody about this earlier. Um, things strangle. There's some places that they take a chicken and they wring his neck. You know, instead of just cutting it clean, they do that neck wringing thing, <laughs> you know. So, like I said, most of this, we don't really come in contact with it, you know, because it's basically specifically targeted towards some of the practices that they were doing in those Gentile nations. Amen. A whole lot of sense. Seems like all this stuff is just coming back up in our time period now. Yes. <laughs> Especially like it, it was it was creeping on us, you know, about five, six years ago. And I see a lot of people that are like, you know, they'll be real gifted young guys and women, but they'll be so caught up in the law and ancestry things and and it's like like hey, these same things were argued about, man. Like why don't y'all celebrate the Sabbath on the Saturday, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, man, look at Colossians. They were arguing about the same thing. Right. Galatians. You know, Galatians. Um, Romans. Romans 14. Yeah, this is really in all the epistles. So. And I think that's why this is so important for people to study this chapter because everything in the New Testament is impacted by this ruling right here in Acts chapter 15. All the doctrines that happen after this, all of the teachings of Paul, um, James, John, Peter, Jude, um, all of those teachings are affected by what is happening right here in this particular passage. And this is why, you know, people come to me with the Council of Nicaea. I say, well, let's look at the Council of Jerusalem. They're like, what? What is that? I'm like, why do you know so much about the Council of Nicaea, but you don't know anything about the Council of Jerusalem that happened in your Bible that you read? And it's a historical uh, piece of piece of evidence, like because uh, most of these people aren't, um, you know, scientists or scholars, so they'll rule out college uh, accolades like that. Oh well, that's the white man teaching blah blah, blah. and I'm like, okay, but there's still Method, a method of evidence right? that a document is actually a real historical document. That's how we know Abraham Lincoln existed is because they verify these documents. So it's like, okay, you can believe that, but if a YouTube video is talking something that makes sense, you don't look into sources or people where this stuff came from. Uh, time again, the word stands up to the test of evidence. You know, and it's like they, they don't know that some of these things are around and some of these methods are. Uh, but once reminded, they either be quiet because it's hard heartedness. Uh, very rarely run into guys that's like, this is legit information. Like, this is legit truth because I wanted truth. A lot of times they just looking just to bash and it's, uh, it's hard. No. Amen. Amen. I want to say also, in addition to that, man, of uh, just piggyback on what you said, Apostle, about the Nazarite law. It's amazing that um, 
that you brought that out. There's actually a gentleman, I think we vaguely talked about it, that was trying to justify the Nazarite law in the book of Leviticus. And this right here just completely debunks that, that that's not to be kept, but it's a matter of, hey, if you wanna, if you wanna keep that, that's between you and God. That, that, that's, that's the choice that you make, but that's not what's gonna lead to ultimate salvation. And, and, and Buckshot, I really like what you said about the, the young men because that's the exact interaction that I was having with his brother and I'm respecting everything, everything was established. But another thing I wanna add to that too is that a lot of people just wanna justify what they wanna see as truth instead of seeking the truth for themselves. And yeah. because of that, you know, a lot of them don't wanna get deeper into studying. And unfortunately, the ones that have this false doctrine are studying more greater and deeper than a lot of the people of God. So I'm kind of like scratching my head sometimes. I'm like, okay, but I mean, yay and, and amen to everything that was said you know? yeah somebody will come across this on youtube and say oh no that's some junk i don't believe that but yet we're walking through scripture i'm not adding anything i'm not all we're doing is looking at scripture all we're looking at is the evidence found in the word of god and that's the powerful thing about this um let me show you guys this next slide so this is the official letter sent to the churches and so this is just a few verses down. Uh, Willie, since you read the last one, let's let Buck grab this one. Acts uh, 20, uh, 15, 23 through 29. This is the official letter. Where'd you go? Buck, you still there? You want to uh, read one? No, I'm still here. I got to get the baby a bottle. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, my bad. Uh, Willie, go ahead and knock it out. All right, sounds good, sounds good. Uh, you said uh, 23, right? 23 down through 29. This is the official letter sent out to the churches um, so that they can know what the, what the ruling was. Amen, let's go for it. Acts 15, 23 reads as follows. They wrote this letter by them, the apostles, the elders, and the brethren, to the brethren who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls. <laughs> oh my gosh. You must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas who will also will also uh, report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. Powerful. <laughs> Dang. This is such a significant discovery. My God. I mean, it's almost like you got to take a deep breath and say, wow, all this arguing over stuff that the Bible settled. And this is important because these letters to these churches, Paul and Barnabas took physical letters, but then Judas and Silas went and told them word of mouth. And so they tried to get it out to as many 
of these churches as they could. Antioch, Syria, and Sicilia, um, they were getting this stuff out so that they would know that the church wasn't putting these restrictions on them. The church, you know, they, they realized that this troubled them and unsettled them. Like, wait a minute, we, we have to, now, first they would have to learn the law of Moses, and then they would have to then try to keep it when the people who knew it and passed it down from gener generation to generation couldn't even keep it. This was very troubling because they came to know the power of God through hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's all they knew. And that God actually showed up and approved that their hearts were truly believing by giving them the Holy Spirit. And so this was very significant for them to receive this letter from the uh, elders and apostles at Jerusalem. This is major. I got a question. Uh, are the Gentiles black people? Um, the Gentiles were all, all type of people. They were Asians. They were Greeks. They were Africans. Uh, remember um, in Acts chapter 8, Philip witnesses to an Ethiopian um, who had come to try to learn and hear about Christ. And so uh, they were from all over. Uh, the the uh, Cilicia, I believe, uh, also is an African nation, or a, at that time, there were darker skinned people in that area. So oh, it, was, it was being sent. <laughs> I need those references, brother. I made Acts 9 because it's, it's very important. <laughs> Say again. Uh, what was the, I'm, I'm in Acts, Acts, you said it's in Acts 9? Uh, Acts 8, sorry. 8, okay. Acts 8, verses 26 down through 38. And this is where um, Philip meets the Ethiopian man on the road and preaches the gospel to him, and he's baptized and led to Christ. These folks were in Africa. But I'm seeing a lot of dark-skinned folks. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the Ethiopian church yeah. is debatably the oldest Christian church um, historically. Wow. And you can go ahead and do that research on Ethiopia. Ethiopia um, is one of the oldest of the Christian churches. And we see one of the first converts right here in the Bible. My God. This is why we have to go to the Bible first and stop listening to all these, you know, crackpots on YouTube, you know, that are just trying to get their name out who are saying all oh, this and that. We can go to the Bible and answer the question. Amen. It seems like these, the, the way you kind of describe these folks is like, it's like they're doing the same thing. It's almost like time repeating itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, it's almost like, like, yeah, we need to go back to the religion of our ancestors. And it's like, man, that sounds real familiar as to what they're doing. But even though they're taking all that in, like you said, they're, they're not being fulfilled. They can't even keep their own rituals that they're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> you know, oh, well, let's just, uh, let's be polygamous then. And let's just, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, man, why does this sound so familiar? Yeah. Yeah, you open up the word, it's it's all there, and they they were all doing this stuff. Like it's it's just weird. 
But like we said, we can solve the issue by just trusting the scripture. And that's why a lot of people, when they can't beat you in an argument, then they try to just debunk the Bible. Well, you know, you can't trust the Bible then. Why? Because it's got all this historical evidence contrary to what it is that you're trying to say. So now we got to get rid of the Bible and just go with whoever your favorite, you know, person is who's done right. any uh, historical fact behind what they're saying. They just started saying something and now they produce the movement. White man use it for the control of the black man. <laughs> and I'm like, well, culturally, sir, this is a whole lot of Middle Eastern stuff going on culturally. Like, I, this, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, Says right. the, the Ethiopian. That that that's a black man. <laughs> <laughs> black man. And he was Christ before any of the stuff that people are talking about. Oh, well, the white man introduced Christianity to the black man. What about this guy? Right. <laughs> uh, uh, there it is, mic drop. <laughs> I, I, made a, I made a connection uh, from, uh, you know, I was watching the Spanish flu documentary. You know, they were just driving at work, listening to documentaries. And I, I found out that the reason why God had um, those people in the Torah and Leviticus practicing all those sanitation practices was, you know, to keep them clean. Yes. But in the Euros, if you look at their uh, their people, they were painting themselves blue, running around the woods naked, uh, lifting heavy stuff. That's where you get, you know, the strongest man in the world is a, a mountain guy with a six pack on his belly. And, but it's ancestral. Like they, they, they love mountains. They love those ranges. But yet they were, they they were unclean in their sanitation practices because nobody really gave the law to them. And then you got like these weird diseases developing, the Black Death and uh, all these things, and you know they're just pooping uh, everywhere. And some people will take that and be like, "Yeah, white people are nasty." And it's like, "Come on, man!" Yeah. Like, whoever had these this tour or who came in contact with certain amount of group of people that had practices that's why god had to uh, get rid of the canaanites they were brutal ruthless child sacrifice and then some you know but that's why all those wars came about when people try to bring up uh the lord in a bad light why was he killing people blah blah why was this like like man just look at it you know he was god was really trying to help folks you know otherwise it wouldn't have been like all these pandemics um, Absolutely. And I think even some of those things we've adopted to this day, um, and we don't think anything of it, you know, washing your hands. Now, <laughs> now think about that. <laughs> wash your hands, you know, when you come in, when you go out. The Jewish people were doing that from day one. That was something that the Lord told them, you know, um, eating certain foods. Um, if you don't have a process to where you can clean and purify that food, then you actually shouldn't be eating it. There's certain things that you shouldn't eat. I think that's what makes this particular passage so important because it frees people from the requirement and it allows them to choose. And that's where you get, you know, the book of Galatians. That's where you get 
uh, the book of Romans. That's where you get, this is why Paul and the apostles could say with such authority that you're not held to these things. But if you trust God and you listen to the Holy Spirit, you can live a life that pleases God without all of these rules and regulations that you have to check off. Man, this is so, this is so monumental because just me reading this and us just conversing back and forth about just the scripture, just the scripture alone and its purity, Acts 15, there wouldn't be no Galatians. There wouldn't be no, there would, I really believe there would be no final authority where Peter can go out and minister, where especially Paul and Barnabas could go minister to the Gentiles. This, this was like the stamp of approval, like, bam, all right, green light is led by the Holy Spirit, and this is what it is. Um, it, it's so powerful, and it, it's terrible that, um, again, we're just circling back to back then and there to here and now, that we'd have to say something as, wash your hands, you know, b before you eat, or <laughs> wa wa wash your hands uh, when you go and you touch something that you know is not sanitary. Me going into culinary school, um, the surf safe, the number one cause for foodborne illness. And also notice when I scratched my head, I have to wash my hands. I know I need to do that. The number one cause of a foodborne illness is poor personal hygiene. Yeah. You're not washing your hands. You're not taking a shower. You, you know, man. So I just that's think that's crazy. so my name. Matter of fact, that's where the Black Death came from. Uh, feces getting in water. And I took uh, <laughs> music history and uh, at Ontario, it was like the only class I paid attention to. And I, I didn't think it was going to apply to the word, but uh, during the whole, when they were putting on theater concerts, folks, they didn't have bathrooms. They weren't invented in that part of the world. And they would just either release themselves right there going to a bush around the, the stage and you know just get into their water supply and you know and somehow the fleas came in contact with the bacteria and the fleas started biting people yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like like god was really looking out for people you like to ask why but it's like okay it's, it's better just that they just listen they didn't know why they were washing their hands and keep holding up these rituals but it was actually keeping them healthy and alive. Amen. Amen. So we're going to, we're coming to the close of this study, man. There's a lot more we could get into. Here's some final thoughts, um, some final questions. We've kind of answered them. So it's kind of like a review. So what did the Council of Jerusalem decide? What, what did they decide? Uh, they decided that they should they not make it difficult for the Gentiles because they knew they had to give them something for them to exercise their faith. Yes. Honor God. And they just decided for them to abstain from polluted aisles, sexual immorality, and eating things strangled from blood. I think the way you said it was perfect, Aaron, because today it seems like that's everybody's agenda is try, trying to make this thing difficult. I want people to like jump over this huge hurdle, <laughs> you know, to, to, to be, and they were doing the opposite. 
These are the, these are the original apostles. These are the ones that walk with Jesus and they're saying, let's not make it difficult. Today, everybody's trying to make it difficult. <laughs> That's so true. This is good stuff. Um, what gave them the authority to decide these things? I think this is important because this is where people would argue, you know, well, what gave them the right to be able to say these things? Uh, the Pharisees, their respect and their uh, authority in the temple. If they spoke, people heard them. They were like they were like the celebrities of that time period. Uh, when a celebrity speaks now, they got followers. People are gonna just listen. Um, so I believe that that's what gave them the authority as far as the, the Pharisees. Um, all of those guys. It seems like they were the, the rebels that was causing the uproar, and they had a following. You know. Um, so I believe because of their following yeah. and godly influence that God had appointed at that time, it, it automatically gave them authority because if nobody cared, they would have got rid of them off top. Right. No. You know uh, right. what I'm saying, and also the it's part of the I'm, reason, yeah. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. I may cut you off. Um, so I'm looking at verse no. 16. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, so I'm looking at, and I'm, and I, I like what you said, bro, bro. Um, but you know what I was saying, I'm looking at verse 16, and James having the final say, him being the, like the head of the board after they come and they make this choice to come together in unity to come with a final conclusion for the Gentiles. And I have to say, the word of God was the the final authority. Um, just he he really went back to the Old Testament and justified, like, look, you know, um, I will return and we'll rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen, rebuild its ruins. And then in verse 17, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, does all these things. And them coming to the final conclusion of, you know what, the word of God says this, they kept it in the right context because they know the Tanakh, they know that. And, um, by them just going back to the word of God and them coming to an agreement that, like you said, uh, Buckshot, we don't want to put anything strenuous on, on uh, the Gentiles. They don't want to put this heavy load on them because they're justified by faith and faith alone in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's how, um, and that's what I see. Um, well, I would definitely agree with both of you guys. And I would put, I would put in addition, verse 28, um, it says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. So you have the word of God as a foundation, but then you have the Holy Spirit's approval also, which allows them um, to be able to make this decision and have confirmation from the Holy Spirit that they're making the right decision based upon the word of God. So that's the way we still should make our decisions today. That's good. God and then the Holy Spirit should be confirming what the word of God is saying. Man. Oh, man. Now, now, I 
think uh, when, when you made that correlation, I, I think I understand now why. In, in the past, you said, this is not what I'm deciding in my own flesh. This is what the spirit is saying, because if you trace back to verse 19, he says, therefore, in my judgment, right, difficult, but his judgment had to be formed by the Holy Spirit, by the, the scriptures, and by the Lord. And then you go to 28, what was the Holy Spirit's decision? So in order for him to get that, that judgment, it has to be within the spirit, which was forged uh, by the word. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And when that happens, now you're making decisions that fall in line with the Man, they submitted to the Holy Spirit and to us. Uh, uh, this exactly, exactly. And see, this is what's missing in today's is that there's some people that are all Scripture, right? Yeah. The word says this. The word says this. The word says this. Come but on. No Spirit. Then you have people that are all Holy Spirit. But they don't know the word. So you can't really make a proper decision, especially with something difficult like this. This had to be a very difficult discussion and a difficult decision to make. And so you had to have the word and the spirit in agreement in order to say this is the right thing. I'm about to throw something at this screen. This is so <laughs> and I was so scripture based. I was like, no. Nah. Got to do what the word says. <laughs> Point blank period. You deciding stuff. Hold on. And they, and I would I would call them uh, on YouTube. Some worship people. They 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 be flowing too much. <laughs> <laughs> I tell Ed, I'm like, man, MacArthur, that's a pastor. Paul Washer, that's a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> that's real. You keeping it a buck, man. <laughs> Cats is flowing too much, but this is uh, yeah, this this explains the the, the middle ground, the connections. Yeah, you, you got to have both. Okay, number three, real quick. Um, how does their how does their decision affect the rest of the New Testament? Who jumping in there? Who jumping in there? Ooh, you said the question is, how does their decision affect the rest of the New Testament? Yes. I'm going to say it's, Willie, Willie, you talking? You're on mute, bro. Oh, no, no, no. I was just, uh, I was just like really, really chewing on that question because I was such a mute. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll probably be there. <laughs> I was just going to say the, uh, I believe it affects it by setting the, the theme because it seems like they got to keep going over um, the, the, the same same battle setting the same tone. So I believe it, it affects the rest of the testament by the theme, which is if you're going to keep anything out of the law, do it as a worship and love and affection towards God. Um, and not be bound by the law to justify. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amen, amen. I, uh, I was just thinking um, the as I was listening to you, the way I'd put it just for me, and I agree, of course, but I just say it's liberty. Um, it doesn't 
put any kind of strenuous um, heaviness on the Gentiles, but it's not condemning the, the Jewish folks if they want to keep the Mosaic law because that's what they've been taught. It'd be, it wouldn't be right to just put a bunch of rules and regulations on somebody that they don't even know why they're keeping it and it'll cause confusion, but it brings clarity and liberty that, okay, look, we're using this Passover and all these things as a forecoming of what's to come. And guess what? He already came. So I just see it being full liberty for the gospel to be preached, no matter if it's Jew or Gentile, uh, was it male nor female, bond nor free, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question. How does their decision affect us today? Uh, I'm going to say us, us as in me, like, uh, I think just diving into the word and not just me personally, not just expect God to um, turn me around because he did that when he first saved me, but to actually exercise my faith. Like I work my body, it has to be the same drive in, in the spiritual. Like if I ain't feeling it, I better I better go in because my soul's at stake. You know, like that's 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 how I see it. It's it's we have a responsibility to maintain the soil of our hearts so the seed can can sprout and produce fruit. Amen. Amen. Uh, I guess in short, I would say I'm blessed. Uh, that's that's how, um, <laughs> that's the best way I can say it. When uh, Thomas was saying, I don't see you, but now he sees you. Oh, it is you, Lord. He said, blessed are those that have not seen, but yet believe. Um, blessed. Uh, what is that scripture? For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things so um i thank god for the holy spirit um for 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 just his, his liberty and his peace his strength his comfort his counsel his correction his rebuke and also for this right here this foundational word of god that has come and has already established something that we're still wrestling with yeah um so yeah for for me how it applies is just Man, blessed. we're blessed because we haven't seen him, but yet we do believe because we know that we know that we know according to what the, lyric, the, the Holy Spirit has put on the inside of us and has spoken to us personally, but also it being confirmed in the word of God. Um, you know, I, I'm not trying to be silly, but it's like ebony and ivory living in perfect harmony. It's like, you know, they, they, they go, you can't have, we can't have one without the other. You gotta, it, it's gotta, it's gotta be fully immersed. So those two. Those two come together and uh, yeah. While you guys were talking, I thought about um, verses 30 and 31 out of Acts chapter 15. Um, and it says, so when they were sent off, they came to Antioch. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. And when they had, when they had read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. <laughs> and I think, it affects us today that it encourages us also. Like you guys were saying, it gives you freedom. It gives you peace. It lets you know that, wait a minute, I don't got to climb this huge mountain. I just got to submit to the will of God and put
put myself in position to get underneath this waterfall so I could receive mm. all that God has for me. Amen. It's a freeing word of encouragement. And so I believe when they got that letter, they shouted and they rejoiced. And so we shout and we rejoice because this speaks to us now. And so we ought to be setting people free from the bondage that they are um, putting themselves under by saying, no, you got to keep this, you got to keep that, you got to keep the other, you got you to do all these things. And it makes reading the Bible, especially the New Testament, make more sense for me, understanding the decision that they made. Wow. You know, it makes more sense. Now, when you're reading these things, you're like, okay, this is why they're saying that. Wow. You know, before you're arguing with people and like, well, yeah, it says this. Well, that's not what it means. Well, now I know that that is what it means because I know when they settled the issue. Man. So I'm going to give y'all a couple little bonus, um, little bonus uh, facts, so to speak, or things to think about the impact of the Council of Jerusalem on the New Testament. Um, grace for repentance replaced the, uh, the law of Moses. And so God was granting them grace for repentance. He wasn't saying, okay, keep the law of Moses in order to be right with me. Um, the leading of the Holy Spirit became superior to following the law. So instead of trying to follow the law, your job was to be in a position where you could be led by the Holy Spirit, understanding what the word was. You had to be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, faith in Jesus brought change while the law produced chains. You know, and so Paul was constantly trying to break people out of the chains uh, of the law. And then the God people together um, opposed to the law, which kept people separate. Man, he dropped a bar. Change instead of chains. Got it down. <laughs> got it down you know well man that's my last uh bit of info for y'all today man i'm thankful that y'all got on man and and studied with me and this is the way we have to study man we went through one passage we didn't jump all over the bible we worked our way through one passage and we got a lot of understanding a lot of wisdom and we're now equipped to have that discussion with people about these things. We know right where to go. We can go right to Acts chapter 15 and say, okay, let's talk about it. Amen. And so that was my goal today. And I'm glad you guys came on. Hopefully uh, people will check it out on Facebook. I'm gonna upload it to YouTube after this. Um, man, this was a good study, man. I appreciate you guys for coming on. Yeah. Nuggets, man. Uh, yeah, this is some good, uh, it's good. It's good weapons. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I'll be on Facebook debating everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be seeing you. <laughs> Troll. I get up on there. Like, man, this post down because I'm about to. <laughs> well, man, you can go back and check it out, man. And, you know, all the info's on there. And if y'all got questions about it that y'all need to come back and ask, or if anybody that checks this out on Facebook or YouTube, Hey, you want to hit me up? Hit me up. Um, I got a couple of different pages. You can hit me up on the Apostle Anthony Wilson page, the Daily Motivation page, or just look me up on Messenger. Hit me up on Messenger. 
Um, any questions, comments, concerns, um, I'm down to have a you know conversation with anybody at any time, not because I think that I'm so great, but because I just trust the word and we just gonna go to the word and we're gonna figure it out. You yeah. might be some things when you bring it to me and we go to the word and you're right i'm gonna say right there in the word is right because that's what you know the the final authority is is the word and then the holy spirit is always going to confirm what the word says the holy spirit is not going to contradict the word because jesus said that when the father sends the holy spirit he's going to give to you everything that belongs to me and he says that because uh he's just going to confirm what jesus has already done and already said so mm -hmm. yeah man appreciate y'all man love y'all great discussion great study man till next time i uh love you bros let's get together yes i love y'all appreciate you all right god bless everybody on facebook Right. See y'all, man. Take it easy. <laughs>